Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is a true pop culture expert, Pierce Richter. Hi. Hi. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. How are you doing? Pretty good. Excited to chat all things pop, baby. Yeah, we got a pop-heavy episode today, too. I totally forgot until... And not to spoil like one of the games, but I totally forgot until literally yesterday that music's biggest night was last night. Yeah, um, sure was. And this is going to be a very music heavy episode. Um, sure. We might as well actually just get into this segment because like, I think what we're going to talk at length about this possibly. So let's just play <laughs> first segment. We're going to do Go Call the Governor. So Pierce, I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history, and you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. No wrong answers here, but your choice is binary. So are we ready to play? I'm ready. Okay, scenario number one and something I'm dying to talk about, the Grammys. What'd you think? I mean, I think absolutely we have to call the governor. Yeah. I it mean, was weird. It did was you watch? Weird. I did. I mean, I didn't watch it all the way through because I actually went to a show last night, but I mm-hmm. watched like the first hour-ish and then like caught up with clips and stuff today. Yeah, that's what I usually do with the Grammys. Like there's just so much padding in between the musical segments and I really do not like Trevor Noah. So <laughs> like the comedy elements, I was just like, fine, skip that. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I that in my recap today. The performances were a little bit more boring than usual to me. I don't know if you felt the same way. I agree. Maybe like in the context of the full show, it would have felt more exciting to me, but like watching them kind of standalone like yeah it was it was definitely lacking they also just had so many um it's trying to find a nice word to say this middle <laughs> middle of the road middle brow artists maybe like I don't need to hear all of that bro country like oh my god no. I mean they found time for a Lenny Kravitz medley like I don't know it's just not not, I'm the not most exciting. as mad at the Lenny as like yeah, I don't need the bro country, though. Like, no. Even if one of those bros is gay, like, I'm pretty sure one of those brothers Osborne <laughs> is gay now, or, or was, always has been gay, but he's, like, recently publicly gay, whatever. <laughs> love is yeah. love. But, like, I, I, I also was just surprised by, like, oh, yeah, these nominees this year were pretty boring, by and large. Totally. I some, agree. Like, some fun yeah. stuff, but, like, they should sure. let Japanese breakfast do a number. Why not? I mean, I would love to see that. Um, 
I mean, the one of the only ones that I saw in context that I really did like was Olivia. You did like, or you didn't like? I did like it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I fucking love that song, obviously. I kind of, like, expected a sweep from her for some reason. I mean, not that, I mean, she obviously won awards, but for some and, reason, I thought she was going to win everything that she was nominated for. No, and I mean, only two artists have ever done the, like, big four to four category sweep, which is Song of the Year, Record of the Year, Best New Artist, and Album of the Year. Sour and Driver's License, respectively, were up for all those awards. Right. And Billie Eilish just accomplished that four feet, I believe, in 2020. Yeah, I think that album, did the album come out in 2019? Yeah, it did, because it was definitely pre-pandemic. That she did that pretty recently to the extent that like, oh, it's plausible that Olivia pulls that off, too. But I was, I mean, the Bruno Mars Silk Sonic wins made sense to me. They like love Bruno yeah. Mars at the Recording Academy. But yeah. the, um, I don't even know, see, I don't even know the title of the album that won. I just know it was John Batiste. Yeah, I, I don't either, to be honest. I did listen to the album. I like quite enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I didn't really go back to it. I feel like. I, I'll be honest, I don't know that much about him. I know he's Colbert's band's leader, but I'd never really heard of him outside of that context. Like, is yeah, it jazz? Yeah-ish. Like, it's like, yeah, R&B jazz, I would say. Yeah. Um, I watched his performance, and it was very theater kitty to me in a way that I usually don't. I don't think I even I didn't I didn't watch it today it was very like cartoonish I don't remember which um rundown I read from what site I think it was maybe stereo gum um they theorized that the recording academy knew in advance that he was going to win and they tried to amp up his performance so much with the production values to kind of set the stage for that because I think he's definitely less famous than say like a Japanese breakfast or I don't know like a St. Vincent who like were nominated for like big awards still and probably could have maybe used that spot to perform but maybe maybe they're just bigger to us (laughs) I mean St. Vincent is arguably bigger all around but I feel like Japanese breakfast is I mean, like I'm obsessed, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that they're. I guess like, you're but right. I, not that I would expect them to have that slot. Not that I wouldn't want want. Yeah, did they Michelle let Phoebe Bridgers do it last year? I don't Wait, remember. What? Did they let Phoebe Bridgers do a song last year? Oh, I don't remember to be honest. Yeah, I don't remember I feel like either. they should have. We don't do research on this podcast on air to find things out. So I guess yeah. we'll never know the answer to this question. The, the day after the Grammys, we're, we're really killing it. <laughs> I do remember feeling last year very surprised by how broadly famous Phoebe was compared to my expectations. Like, I thought she was way more niche. And maybe that's what's setting me up to think Yeah, that Japanese breakfast is 
like Phoebe level when she's probably not, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that uh, Japanese breakfast songs had the moments that Phoebe's did last year. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I mean, they did again, they did to me, but and to to, like everyone we know, but. And I know a lot of people who love crying in H Mart and have never heard. Oh my God. A Japanese breakfast song, which is bananas to me. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've read it because I was a Japanese breakfast fan. Yeah, same here. But I mean, it's, it's incredible. For, for that, she should get to perform. Oh no, I like, like I would, I would love for her to just read an excerpt, like up on stage and make all of us cry and hungry and then maybe like play, be sweet, like cheer us up. Oh yeah. That would be a great little She's like the untraditional triple threat that the Grammy's looking for. Best-selling author, musician, and I think, I mean, filmmaker. She's like, I believe, co-writing the A24 adaptation. Did she write, or did she read an audiobook of Crying in H Mart? I don't know. I don't know. Was she she Grammy eligible for that? That's like the easiest way to win a Grammy, too. That would be, but they usually give that to like, the heavy heavy hitters or who, people who need to egot that's like the fill-in category i think right. cicely tyson got her well did she i mean i think she just won a special oscar but i'm pretty sure she got her grammy for audiobook that makes sense which is fun yeah okay I mean, yeah what else um I don't know. I mean, uh, the, uh, no highlights. I thought the fashion was especially terrible last night. People looked like shit all around except Doja Cat. I, Doja I was Cat literally just going to nice. say, I loved, I loved the way that Doja looked. Um, it was everything. And I would like to just issue a controversial statement into the ether here. Yeah. Olivia Rodrigo, fire your stylist. <laughs> it's like... I wouldn't say like, I mean, do you mean specifically for last night? Like last night was such an offense? It has come to, I think it's all, it has recently taken a turn for the worse. She started off fine, especially I think it peaked in a positive sense in the Good For Me music video. I think that like plaid skirt set, the latex, that's a good image. And she has replicated it in ways that I think have looked progressively worse. (laughs) <laughs> like her she wore something to her um I didn't watch the movie but her like Disney plus concert film yeah I documentary thing it looked like a Halloween costume and this thing last night that she wore I was shocked this morning to see that it was a Vivian Westwood because it looked flammable like I, I I couldn't believe it yeah yeah the image no, is- I I love like the aesthetic of all of her videos, the the brutal video, yeah, um, directed by um, Patrick Collins. Yeah, I mean, like I just like love everything she wears and what she looks like, and I just think it's so fucking cool. She's but I, I I don't think she always hits on the carpet, and no, and carpet is a skill. Like there are a lot of performers who really have mastered the performance looks and the video looks and the carpet still kind of eludes them i i i hate to say it but i do think of beyonce when i think of someone who pretty consistently does not do red carpet super well 
Well, okay. That you is, just, that, that's no, a, I could hear a, your frown for this. Week. I mean, I'm just uh, uh, like, she really can't like, like she can put on like, I don't know, something off the rack from Forever 21 and I'll be like slay. Yeah. Well, like, we you know, have to. Like, it's con- we are legally obligated in Cook <laughs> right, County to do right. that. I am. Yeah. I'm scared to say anything less than that but no I really think that she can't do wrong most of the time like Mo- I just, most of the time I think mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah of course there are some things that like I wish she went in a different direction but like she I mean everything looks good on her she never doesn't look and like that funny, is the power know? of having a really potent personality it's it's charisma is what it is like you just inherently have the presence to make things look good even when the garments themselves are not necessarily good and olivia does not have that yet but she's young and it'll take time she's very young she's so young i mean like and people are supposed to kind of dress like shit when they're 18, 19. Like, God knows, like, look back at Facebook photos of me when I was, like, a freshman in college. Like, I look like flaming garbage yeah, in 90% don't. of those photos. Yeah, don't remind, don't remind me. I was wearing, like, an American Apparel V-neck in, like, a deep one in, all, in every single picture. Well, I hope you didn't get rid of those because that's coming back. <laughs> All that shit. My entire TikTok feed today was American Apparel. Like, I can't, I don't know if I can do with that again, but. I mean, it was a formative thing for me, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to go back. I'm not ready. You're a forward thinker. You look <laughs> forward. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, not to drag you back into the past, but the second cultural scenario here is scented markers. Does the governor need to be called? Oh, um, I mean, I like. I feel like I liked them. Why? What's what's so uh, controversial about them? I don't think there's anything particularly not controversial. Con- yeah. But I just hadn't thought about them in years, and then today, for whatever reason, I smelled something <laughs> and was like there's something so sickly sweet about this that I was like this is a scented marker and it wasn't but like yeah I don't think I was never a like I was definitely like a creative kid but not in like uh-huh. in artsy like a visual art kind of way like I wasn't like creating so like like coloring wasn't like didn't really do it for me you were into soft sculpture (laughs) the (laughs) mobiles like the (laughs) avant-garde mediums (laughs) yeah no not not even that I was I was just like an active like performance kid but okay yeah so like yeah the like drawing coloring was never like a thing that I had patience for and so I'm not going to call the governor is what I'm saying yeah. because I, 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 yeah, I don't think they like made that kind of like nostalgic impact on me. 
I would have to say the same for me. I was never allowed to have them um, yeah. because my mom thought that they would cause brain damage, which I'm sure probably would. They would. Yeah. It's like baby's first ex- dabbling with huffing. Like it's probably exactly. not good. Yeah. Um, but I also wasn't like a huge drawer by and large. Like, I don't know. I never really did like visual art as a kid like it was always musical stuff not um I was a band geek I guess you would say yeah I was a choir boy fun yeah that's like what I would have preferred to do like really yeah I just did karaoke on Friday and I'm not a vocalist if I were a vocalist I wouldn't have a podcast I'd have an EP on Bandcamp. but like (laughs) I I really had such a fun time singing and I feel like my considerable vocal flaws would have been hidden by a choir and I would have gotten my queer life a little easier than I did being last chair alto saxophone. Mm. Last chair alto sax. Um. It was like actually uh, like a hero's downfall, let's say, because I was, there was a time, a halcyon age in which I was first chair saxophone I think I was 13 maybe 12 and then all of a sudden like something shifted something drastic shifted and I just got last chair every single year until I graduated from college or from high school Mm -hmm. I think I just hit my wall too early I peaked too soon maybe maybe you should have switched to choir but by that point I was in the throes of a horrible vocal journey in puberty. Like <laughs> I was the voice crack king. Yeah. Okay. It was, it wouldn't have been good for anyone. That but was in- really funny in middle school. Like, like just like in the middle of class, it would happen all the time. It was just like a, a slice of life thing like that we all had to deal with and the girls would like giggle at us and we just had to deal with it because we were in choir (laughs) I know it's so crazy that like you could be made fun of for body changes like that like I remember um watching the first season of pen 15 have you seen it yes love it so funny but like that show um I don't think they're the kids are intentionally doing like the actual middle schoolers they leave in their voice cracks and every time someone's voice cracked in season one, I felt such a, like a true like pang yeah. of Deep hurt. inside of you. And it's not something that they're even trying to capture necessarily. But like, I think that's just part of what that, what makes that show so good. Like, I'm going to miss it. it I, really... I need to finish that. I haven't watched the new oh. batch or the final batch. Yeah. It ended, I, I was surprised that it ended so quickly, though. It seemed like I there honest, was, like, a tension. Yeah, I, like, didn't know that it was ending. But, like, as I watched the final episode, it, be, it became pretty obvious that they're, like, oh, we're, we're wrapping this up. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, a really beautiful ending. So you have that to look forward to. But it did feel, like, too soon to me. I may have to do that once I'm done with the uh, old, the 15 year old season of Survivor I'm currently watching. I will have to, uh, I have to add that to the list. So, are you watching the current season? I am. Okay. So, I am watching the current season. I have to come clear and say that I have only 
seen essentially three seasons of Survivor, and all three of them have been within the last two weeks. I watched Pearl Island on the first two days of my quarantine, and I'm caught up on the current season, and I'm currently watching uh, Exile Island. I don't like. I'm not. I I, I am okay. watching the current season. Oh, you're not. You're not like a historical. I'm not. Watcher. No. Okay. And it always it always like surprises people because I am a Big Brother person, which I feel like I, I think I've mentioned to you before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Survivor. For some reason, I'd never gotten into. Like my parents were really into it when it first was a thing. Yeah. I would watch it with them. Like those first few seasons. Like I remember. Like. Richard and Kelly and what's her face like telling her that like if she was dying of thirst she, oh, would, yeah. her, she would not give her water or help her or whatever um so like saw those seasons but I haven't seen like the past 40 seasons and I'm and it, well it's a lot to catch up on like I'm finding yeah. myself really overwhelmed trying to like pick and choose which ones to kind of like dabble into it is yeah. such a different show though watching a really old season and a really new season back to back the new yeah. season I find the gameplay is kind of like inscrutable to me um and there is a guy I went to college with is on this season Oh, really? With yeah, who? Daniel, the like really chaotic. Yes. Um, I who you're talking about. I uh, was, I don't want, I don't want to spoil anything because like I don't want to spoil an active show, but I, I've been very surprised by his trajectory. Let's just say that. So, okay. And also popping out your shoulder within two minutes of landing on the island. Oh my God. Like, when, when um, Mark called it lame yeah and when, like in the middle of the challenge he's like daniel that shoulder's looking lame oh yeah <laughs> it's it, it like, really was just like hanging there like, i know like, running and it's just like flopping and the popping was like it didn't seem that bad but like i also didn't want to see it i don't know I'm like yeah. I'm liking this season though. I mean it's it's a different show than like old Survivor, but it's like it's entertaining. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely enjoying it. I kind of just like started watching it because friends that I'm watching yeah. Big Brother Canada with it's like on after. Oh, is Canada so we, on now? Canada's on currently. Okay. Um yeah, and then like American Survivor is on right after it. Oh, uh, um, so they do it on CBS too. On Big Brother can on CBS. No, unfortunately oh, not. Okay. It's like a, a whole like VPN-ish situation mm. that we have to do. Mainframe. Don't um global TV, please don't. <laughs> don't yeah, <laughs> don't get litigious here. Um okay, we have one more scenario and one that yeah. I think we are both mutually very excited for. Carly Ray Jepsen is teasing new music. Oh my God. I mean, the, the, the governor is absolutely being called. Um, th- th- I can't think of more important news almost. It, it's, then. it's, I'm so excited. I just, I forgot it's been so long since the last one too. Like she needs yeah. to speed up these cycles a little bit. Yeah. She really does take her time, which I'm not mad at. Like she has lots of options, obviously, because mm-hmm. we she has like a thousand songs every era that she's like choosing between. 
Um, but yeah, I would love it to be just a little shorter, but I mean, it's always like worth it. Oh yeah. I mean, she more than most other pop artists, especially even pop artists who are like way more quote unquote famous than she is. Like she makes event music like yeah. few other people do right now. Um, did you actually see the map or whatever that she posted? No, I saw that something was like posted to it, like a clue in a newsletter, right? Yeah, it's, and then she posted on her socials, like it's, it's a map of the Coachella Valley in like the California desert. And it's like a treasure map kind of thing. It has a bunch of like sort of, you know, holistic Zen sayings. Okay. So if she's in her solar power bag that might be a little bit more um troubling let's say than than it might be otherwise the one i i am the font of the map not to like get too in the weeds with this but the font was very like soft rock like very like swoopy okay um like boho kind of font so i'm that's a little concerning to me are you saying you don't want music like her first album is that what you're saying i am gonna say that just be but only 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 because everyone's doing that right now yeah it's like i know that she has done it and like she does it well Mm -hmm. i think like i love that album um but it's like what I listen to least of what she does, you know, uh, like, or of her discography. I mean, like, yeah, I, I really enjoy it, but I don't like go back to it that often. And it doesn't excite me necessarily to hear about her doing it more. Yeah. Unless she's like really like giving us other things too. Like, yeah, I, I'm definitely a little like, where's she gonna go with this because I mean there's that rumored disco album that she like quote-unquote buried in her backyard or whatever yeah and that would have been great to release in I don't know 2018 2019 but now everyone's doing disco too like if you're not doing Sheryl Crow you're doing disco so (laughs) like I feel like the midway point between those two poles is dedicated and she's done dedicated and she's done dedicated side B. So like, where do we go? From I don't there? know where she's going to go, but she always keeps like the gen- the album Genesis process really like tight lipped. Like we haven't even heard what producers she's working with. Right. Like nothing. So she is um, someone though, who brings the best out of like Jack Antonoff. Like I want you in my room, I think is far and away the best song from Dedicated. Oh my God. I- I mean, I love that song. So unbelievable. Much. It just it's needs a so third much. chorus, but otherwise it's like unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely way too short. Um, yeah, that it's it's definitely my top two. Um, I would love if she did, like if she worked with Dev Hines again. Yes. I mean, that, that would be my dream scenario. Um, and I don't think it's out of the question. I think she did work for or work with him for dedicated and it didn't make the something cut. something made side B. 
I think. Yeah, I, I think that sounds that sounds right. I don't know what, um, off the but I don't. Head, but that sounds right. But I don't think anything made the actual album. I hope I'm not wrong about that, but I don't know. I just like love what's done with him. Like, pre- like yeah, Higher is such a good fucking song. I, all um, of that all is simply my favorite song on Emotion. Yeah. I think. Ugh, it's it's so good. Like it, it's like wedding song good honestly like I just think it's so <laughs> totally. beautiful it is like I yeah. mean it sounds like a prom dance but I this is it you've jogged my memory too I need to issue an apology for last week's episode with George Severus to the uh listeners who pointed this out uh the tear the community apart last week was between everything is embarrassing by Sky Ferreira and losing you by Solange both of which I neglected to mention are oh. produced by Dev Hines. And I'm yes. very sorry for erasing that. How um, do you even miss that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It was dumb, dumb, dumb. And that, I am sorry. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really thankful that you didn't give that to me because yeah, that, that's like near impossible. Like those are, those are like two perfect songs to me. It, it, it me too like I think easily the hardest maybe not the hardest but like definitely top five hardest ones in that game in would definitely the largest amount of guest dead air <laughs> trying to make a choice like it was it was hard he uh everything is embarrassing did win out in that one which I think is probably the right choice but I don't Wait, know which one. I, I everything I is embarrassing. Oh, beat okay. losing you out of those two, but like I, I, I if you ask me tomorrow, could go either way. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I would go, like I would go so back and forth on that. Those are, I, I mean, I just like love Dev as a producer. Yeah, like in those first, thing. um, that first Blood Orange album. Or wait, maybe it's actually yeah. the second one, but the Cupid Deluxe, like if it, I don't know if it's first or so second, good. but that album That's is second. so, so good. That was like the soundtrack of my first two years of college. Uh, um, so- and also like, I mean, he just is like a grand unifying, fi- okay, grand unifying theory of the alt pop girlies because he's literally worked with everyone. Like Caroline Polachek's on that first album too. Like yeah. he's done the yeah. thing. And I'm so I mean, sorry for neglecting his historical contributions. That is an error that I'm really not proud of making. <laughs> and I never do. I never apologize on this podcast for things that I say because I'm what? always right, but not this Dev time. Dev Hines deserves that. Absolutely deserves that. Um, I also want to shout out just before we we do have to take a break, but um, uh, that early Samantha Urbani music Oh yeah. His ex. That's really good stuff. And people have completely forgotten about it. And that needs to be revisited. Like stat. Fantastic. He didn't have anything to do with it though. Right. Um, he did on the, I don't remember what her band was called. Um, friends. friends. Yeah. He did yeah. some stuff with friends and friends stuff is like kind of all over the map, but I'm his girl is unbelievable still that is like an ipod nano ipod touch commercial classic jam that like i don't know i i would like to have a 2012 night at some point uh soon like some enterprising dj needs to get on that because um <laughs> we've talked about like that era in some way shape or form in each of the past four episodes i think 
and like it's a it's it's something's percolating and maybe that's new sky ferrera music we didn't even talk about that she's she's maybe coming i was kind of hoping we would have something more to talk about i know like i really thought that like maybe she would surprise us and it would just happen the next day why would we think that? And not so like now that it didn't happen the next day it's like when um, it is truly the most lucy with the football scenario <laughs> i can imagine like she and, and she's not it's just not fun it's not i don't enjoy this like i don't but the thing I, is she doesn't either um so we have to we just have true. to be we have to be patient and uh, and like she will deliver she just will like inshallah we must we must hope but all right we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back cool. and we are back let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency pierce what are you rushing to the er today uh, well this is someone that has been in our lives only a little bit longer than sky ferrera actually but is uh, much more prolific. She just released a live album on Friday. And I mean, there's so much to unpack with like where she's been, where she is now, where she's going. It's Miley Cyrus. She is an institution. And I think this live album... I thought it was going to be more of a cash grab almost than it was, but like it really encapsulates her whole deal right now in a way that I find pretty fascinating. Where are you historically with her? So, I mean, I'm to like age myself, but I'm like a little, a few years older than her. So I wasn't really like a Hannah Montana person, but as soon as she started releasing Miley Cyrus music Mm -hmm. I cared yeah um I mean there's not a Miley album that I don't care about like obviously have like the favorites but they've all like mattered at some Mm -hmm. point like I've listened to all of them like a lot she she's a complicated person but but I'm but she always always excites me it's, it's really crazy to think that we are almost 10 years removed from the bangers era and all the like cultural appropriation discourse that was surrounded by that like I can't believe that was 10 years ago I know and embarrassingly that's actually the only time I've ever seen her live <laughs> no but that I think that was during the bangers era of all the live shows of hers or like live eras to go to, that was definitely the one to go to though. I feel like her, the performances have been getting better and better from a vocal standpoint, but like the showmanship in the bangers era. Like if you're going to a pop concert for spectacle, that's like the spectacle. Yeah, and I feel like, I feel like Katy Perry is like still doing on tour what Miley did almost 10 years ago yeah. like with like giant animals and like big balloons and like poop I mean Miley <laughs> yeah. didn't give you poop like like she didn't give you poop <laughs> she was not <laughs> not serving poop um no <laughs> but like she she was like 
like she definitely like set that was very tumblr era like she basically turned like emojis into real life and like katie has run with that now for like like since like that super bowl performance like just around there and she did well in the super bowl performance but it definitely feels like stale whereas you go back to the bangers era and it is i mean talk about american apparel like miley in that era was the bodysuit queen oh my god yeah always a black bodysuit and some sort of like spangly shit like yeah and with like some kind of like animal face like yeah <laughs> i rewatched we can't stop before this episode because just because i hadn't revisited in a while and like i was really struck by just how well that video captures visually the era between like random pink goo everywhere like the giant teddy bear backpacks like I mean it is like a very like Terry Richardson aesthetic too like very very, like washed out like and it feels like yesterday but it wasn't I can't believe how long ago it was yeah I mean she was she was 20 I think and that like people were like kind of scandalized well I remember like even like of age I remember guys in high school being shocked when she like cut her hair like I I'm like a a, like a year or two younger than her I think like I when Hannah Montana was on I was at the age where it was like you didn't want to like Hannah Montana because that's gay shit. It was gay shit. But like when See You Again came out, I had also, I was not out, but I was like cognitive or cognizant of my you little knew gay what boy was behavior. Happening. I knew what was going but, on. But <laughs> See You did. Again. And that was when it clicked. I was like, oh, she's got something here. She's not yeah. just like Disney. I mean, I was not much of a Disney kid anyway. So like she had to get me with the music and she got me with the music yeah. for sure. Didn't she release it as like a double album, like her debut? Like yeah. I feel like it was like Hannah Montana 2 and Meet Miley Cyrus. It's something like that. Like yeah. very, do like there is there are two wolves inside you yeah. <laughs> and one of them is Hannah Montana. Yeah, um, but you again, it really did just trap me like immediately. Yeah that's an unbelievable pop song and like she has a lot of from the like disney-ish era or whatever like she has a ton of those like yeah um seven things unbelievable thing i think can't be tamed is kind of the tail end of that but that's like an unbelievable song yeah i was kind of tamed was definitely like her transition album she obviously wasn't like hers sexualized yeah and you well, look yeah, at but... the track listing of attention and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are very few, if any, songs from that album on here. From Can't Be Tamed? Yeah. I Because she didn't even do Can't Be Tamed on it, right? No, she didn't do that song. I didn't know if there was like a B-side here. Mm-hmm. Like everything else I pretty much recognize here, though. She did a lot more of bangers than I thought that she would do, to be honest. Yeah. I, I didn't think, I thought that would have been more of an era that she avoid I think she is pretty savvy and I think she is anticipating and I think correctly so that when that album has its 10-year anniversary next year there's going to be a ton 
of retrospective goodwill for yeah. it. Because music, like you can quibble and you definitely should quibble with a lot of how she presented Absolutely. herself in that era. But the music is very prescient of where pop was going to go. Especially yeah. like, I mean, that album is, it's so cliche be like, that was hyper pop. But like, it kind of was hyper pop. kind of was, like, yeah. Um, no, absolutely. But it also has like really good, like, like R&B ballads on it. Yeah. Like, like, like Rootin' for My Baby is so good. Adore so you. good. Adore, Adore you, you is great. Like, it's so good. There is an like, alternate universe really where Adore You is like a beach house song. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so, so good. Um, yeah. And she's, it's interesting that since Bearish, or since Banger, she has done three very distinct eras uh-huh. from Dead Pets to Younger Now, which is, that's an album I do not listen to at all still. Like, not even like Malibu doesn't make you feel things? Malibu's fine. I like Malibu just fine. And I like the title track. Yes. Everything same. else. I, I definitely like revisited sometimes, but I would of of the more recent albums, it's definitely the one I revisit the least. Yeah. But but I think Malibu is like perfect. It's really pretty. And yeah. it's weirdly one of those songs that a lot of like alt rock and indie rock musicians use as like a recent pop touchstone. Too. Mm-hmm. like a lot of people cite how much they like that song yeah. in interviews and I get it like it's very I mean it's like freeform acoustic but it's like it's it's like serotonin yeah there's yeah. something very serene about it and that's kind of a tough emotion to capture in music yeah. and then there's plastic hearts which is like the least serene thing she's released since <laughs> bangers probably but like yeah. that is out of the post bangers albums that's definitely the one i listen to the most oh my god i listen to it so much and it i mean it really is like a dynamic album like it yeah. it i mean the word cohesive like i feel like is just like obviously the obvious word to use thank you pitchfork um but <laughs> it i don't know it just like has such an arc to it that like I wasn't expecting especially after Younger Now which kind of like going back to like the Carly Rae thing it's like okay this was a thing that you did before and now you're doing it again and it isn't quite like working because everyone else is doing it right now and that's how I feel about Younger Now and I think like a lot of people feel that way about it. I also Um, think she's sort of slightly miscalculated um what genre would work best for her like I think you can make an argument that dead pets is maybe her most like psychedelic well no definitely you can make the argument that it's her most psychedelic (laughs) glam rock adjacent album it's like almost two hours long and (laughs) it's like the flaming lips yeah uh, influences there I think there is a world in which she could have done Plastic Hearts right out of it, out of that. But her initial instinct was to kind of double down on the acoustic, like, country rock 
Yeah. And that was sort of a more sanitized thing too. Like after like how chaotic the Dead Pets era was. Like Malibu was like, I mean, that video, the music video is pro Liam Hemsworth propaganda too. Like it's, it's, it's very like image conscious and she's always been very image conscious in a way that few other people in that Disney coterie are. Cause Selena, I feel like doesn't really care. And Demi is like, so like we can't there's a lot yeah there's a lot there um but I think she miscalculated because Plastic Hearts is definitely her most cohesive album and I think that's sort of 70s 80s inspired mm-hmm. hard rock is her sweet spot yeah I mean I was just talking to friends about it like you hear it a lot in her covers too Mm -hmm. which I'm not like a covers person like I I always like enjoy them the first like time or two I listen to them but I like I get bored with them like same with like a song that is like a heavy sample I often get tired of it like way sooner Mm -hmm. but anyway Miley's covers I just like always go back to and when she does like a kind of like hard rock thing um her cover of maybe by Janis Joplin Mm -hmm. on attention is just like so good but the point I was making is her voice is just like so like um effortless and strained yeah. at the same time no I mean it's, it's just like it's all throat yeah <laughs> like she doesn't have a chest voice and she doesn't She's have a, different a head voice kind of throat go all throat yeah. Yeah. yeah um I'm so the covers are I think to me kind of what sums up Miley in 22 at least from my perspective mm. like there is something about her that feels very almost legacy artist tribute artist these days and I think part of it is because she covers stuff so much like almost half of the track listing on attention is covers yeah and plastic hearts while like a very good cohesive album is such an explicit throwback Mm-hmm. And I think either one of those two separately would be fine, but together for whatever reason, it just makes me think that she's a little like, not older than she is necessarily, but the lane she is in, she's sharing with older people who are not necessarily in the prime of their careers. Sure. I think she is though, which is why it's kind of weird that she's like, chosen especially with this album to emphasize the covers so much yeah I don't know I don't know if it's because she just feels like she doesn't fit in with the people that are like closer to her age yeah like I don't I don't yeah I don't know I don't think she's interested in making like I think she appreciates like pop pop music but like doesn't want to make it really well it wouldn't feel natural like I mean she hasn't really done that since can't be tamed because bangers is not pop pop that's like its own thing yeah and I mean can't be tamed is a good song but like a lot of that era feels kind of like 
a put on a little bit like bad girl like electro pop princess like not disney anymore like it's more i mean all of her eras are very costumey but that one is maybe even the most costumey because it's such like a repudiation of everything that came before it yeah but, i agree with that well what do you think of the new songs um like like i mean do you think attention is more of a song attention is cool like you know what it reminds me of what sorry no 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 what does it remind you of um it reminds me of um do do you ever listen to natalia kills yes yes Yes. controversy yeah okay for some reason i just like hear that and i thought when controversy came out i just like thought it was the coolest fucking thing yeah I like already kind of cared about Natalia Kills because she, for whatever reason, opened for Robin like multiple times. Yeah. And Robin toured during the body talk. They era. were signed to yeah, um, the cherry tree together. Records. Yeah. Um, so I guess it makes sense. But still, like, I literally saw Natalia Kills three different times opening for Robin. I and love that. Anyway, so I was already like, okay, Natalia's my girl. And then Controversy came out and it really did it for me. And this song just like took me back to that. I definitely think that her next album should lean into this because like the fan response has been really, really positive. And like, yeah. there aren't a lot of people doing like the kind of electric clash stuff right now. Like yeah. something that's, you know, Nine Inch Nailsy, but also like Natalia, Natalia Kills, Peaches, Fisher Spoonery kind of like that's that would be a cool thing to do. Yeah, for sure. And she has the budget to make it sound expensive because my one knock about some of those Natalia Kill songs are that the production is a little tinny sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah, And part of it is because Will I Am is just generally not like that song that he was on on her album was like the worst one i thought oh i like that one actually um what's it is that perfectionist no 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 um it's like about money yes a lot of them are about money (laughs) like that really narrows it down but i know it yeah we're we're thinking of the same thing i think um she's like on the motorcycle on the video yes um god i wish she had not flamed out as spectacular as she had because she had I, I i like both of those albums quite a bit um yeah, me too she I, did release some music like under a different name right yeah um i mean she's actually had like many lives because in the early 2000s she was like a kid rapper under the name Verbalicious. Right. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> and, god, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, I, most people did. You can't find Verbalicious anywhere on streaming like I have a like a shitty clipconverter.cc rip of oh my god um don't play nice like whatever her big single was that sounds like it was like recorded from two rooms over and that's still like on my apple music library to this day um but no she did stuff with her husband too but I don't remember what the um you mean other than the X Factor New Zealand? Well, the, well that, yeah. <laughs> but also, um, no, she had like a project with him. Her like pseudonym project oh. was with him. I think she's writing now for people, which is like 
I mean, probably making more money than she was as a pop star. So. I, I think that's how she started, though, too. Like, she yeah, worked sure. She worked with, um, I know she did stuff with Ellie Goulding. She just, she did stuff on that Diana Vickers album that just came back to streaming, too, after, like, 10 years, which everyone, if people have not listened to that, please go do. It's very good. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, Miley. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I, I do really like attention. I... I just need to say that, like, I don't like the Heart of Glass cover. And I know that's that's the cover that, like, started it all or whatever. But, like, I really yeah. wish that she'd put the Believe cover on and not Heart of Glass. And I feel like that would have been such a crowd pleaser, too. Uh, oh, yeah. The show that she was at. People um, go off with that cover, too. Like, I sorry I was at sidetrack recently and like they always play um they they always play the live video of her doing that with like all the drag race queens from whatever that show was it's great it's a great cover that really like hits what the song is whereas the heart of like you cannot shout through heart of glass like that song it works because the vocal the Debbie Harry vocal is so crystalline yeah and nothing like, about Miley Cyrus's voice is crystalline. That falsetto. Yeah. yeah, like it's not yeah. something that you can just like yelp through. No. And I love her voice, but it's just it's not like a good fit. Like, um, yeah, it same is with that Cocteau that, Twins like, cover she did. Wait, what? Yeah. Same with that Cocteau Twins cover she did in Vegas. Oh like that did not make it on the album, but like cool choice. Yeah. Just like weird fit. Yeah. I don't know. Have you watched many of her backyard sessions videos like over the years? Yeah, I love like, them. a million. Her one with Ariana doing Don't oh, Dream It's Over is everything. so good. It's and so also good. I, I think better than the original actually. They 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 both sound so good on it. And yeah. I mean they were both like kind of babies. Like Yeah, cuz that was I mean, one of the early been ones around too. for like a little bit, but like or I mean, especially Miley, but like Ari wasn't like brand new, but like not like we know her today. And no. she was just like so shy and cute and but like sounded amazing. It was adorable. It's a it's a duet that like both of their best vocal qualities come out really well too. Like Ariana's a little bit more restrained and Miley's a little bit like I like her lower register so much. Like oh God, so um I mean, she's really good at like growling her way through a song. Like, it's awesome. Like, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm really happy we have attention live because Miley is such a dynamic live performer and like her voice is a very like singular instrument, but like, I think she's easily one of the best vocalists, pop vocalists we have right now. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think just the sound is like, it is polarizing for people like not everyone is like she's like grading to a lot of people yeah but I agree it's like her vocals just like always do it for me oh what I mean just a dream she is a gift I'm excited for the new album him too but like where is it going I don't know I mean she has a new label deal like she's this is her first album for Columbia um yeah so I think it'll be, and it's technically new material too. So like, this is one album down on this deal, but 
I mean, she's someone who's going to have like a record, like a major label deal as long as she wants to have a major label deal. Like she's just that big of a celebrity at this point. Um, We do have to move on to our final segment. Okay. So we are going to play tear the community apart. The rules are very simple. I've picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Sounds easy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not ready. Like after hearing about Solange versus Sky, but here we go. This one may be a little easier, but maybe not. So I have picked two songs from two of the best British girl groups of all time. Arguably the two biggest girl or girl groups of all time. This I, I'm doing this. Come on, give it to me. These two songs are rock and roll inspired, let's say. Okay. And they're to me both perfect 10 out of 10s. And I do not envy you making this decision. Which song is better? Love Machine by Girls Aloud or Round Round by Sugar Babes? Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, like both very, very, very important songs. Mm-hmm. But I I just like can't, I can never vote against the Sugar Babes. Like okay. they they are, I, I mean, Round Round is like perfect to me and it's not even like, like it might be top five sugar babe songs but it's not oh it's my definitely my number two i mean that era is just so good i mean i i am like a sugar babes purist i love siobhan i love the original lineup i obviously was obsessed with mks like i don't ever stop talking about Mm -hmm. them and like if that's still gonna happen but yeah, the second album is just like it's so Bob good. after Bob after Bob. Like, I mean, Freak Like Me, just the, the that like yeah. bubbling, that like bubbling up like sound at the beginning. It like makes me it's things. Freak Like Me is my favorite pop song of the past since two thousand. Freak Like Me is my favorite pop song. I mean, no hyperbole. It's like, it's it's, like it's, right on. It's almost like what two thousand two i yes i think like oh one oh two something like that like it's it came in hot (laughs) and it's hard to talk like nothing sounds like that and i mean nothing sounds like round round either it's like no it doesn't sexy r&b spy music it's it's so good yeah um but just like in a cheesy way like my like favorite favorite sugar babe song is push the button Oh, love push the button. I mean, push, it, that's uh, in my top five for sure. It, it just hits so hard every time. It's it's like literally one of my favorite pop songs ever. Like, it's, yeah, it's so good. Like there, I would say catalog wise, I think Girls Aloud is more consistent. I would agree with that. But the peaks are higher. Yes. In Sugar Babes. I totally agree with that. I definitely like sugar babes were like very formative to me. Like, yeah. it, like I like bought one touch, like at tower records imported mm-hmm. CD, like in sixth grade or something, because I saw them on like some show on Fox family. Yeah. And 
Like, I just have never let them go. They had an era where they infiltrated America. (laughs) But no, I didn't mean that in like a spy (laughs) subterfuge way. But like, they had a moment stateside, like not a huge commercial moment, but like, they had something. Girls Aloud never had that, really. Like, I feel like Sugar Babes definitely has more of a footprint in America. Yeah. Which is crazy because they... Both should be. They are better than any American ge- girl group of the past twenty five years, except maybe De- De- except Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child is great, but like I mean, TLC says hello, but I guess they're. Tw- but that's nineties. Yeah, like okay. if okay. we're, we have to set the bar somewhere because like yeah, I can't yeah. like it's. You're right. I don't know. We just don't make girl groups like that anymore. But no, we we really don't. Um, I'm yeah. Just- unfortunately, I think I think like girls allowed like people like Americans know Cheryl Cole yeah more than they do girls allowed as a group and that's mostly just for being just like I mean she's like sort of a Rita Ora like almost here like totally which is I mean I love Rita Ora too but like I I mean she's not (laughs) famous for her music over here really which is the same because Cheryl Solo's stuff is pretty good yeah like the sugar babe girls do not like Mutia has a good solo song or two, but most of them don't really have like solo music, so to Siobhan speak. Siobhan actually does. Oh, does she? Uh, I don't think yeah, I've ever... she she released some music like in the I think two albums like in the mid oh, okay mid late two thousands, and they're I actually need to get on good. that then. That's that's an yeah. oversight on my part. My, my I mean, out of those two groups, the solo album obviously that I love the most is the Nicola, Nicola. Roberts. Yeah, yes. like on, <laughs> obvi- on like a pop masterpiece it's, and I wrote about it in cult, like my Substack culture pig last year but like that album is unbelievable and people like really need to listen to that so good like I remember when I heard that her like debut solo single was produced by Diplo I yeah. lost my mind I mean talk about a body and then scene, I lost my mind American Apparel Queen like that that video is so good too like all the like it had that like jerky like Jabberwockies dancing too. Like that is 2012 in a nutshell. And it was and it was giving us like boomerangs before yeah. boomerang was a thing. Like there was a lot of like it <laughs> so so yeah. so yeah. just electric. Like that's I beat of my drum. People need to go on a YouTube and watch the music video for that because it right is. Now. It is a both like a really good document of the era and also just a perfect pop song and video. It's, like back when Diplo tried, yeah, like it's peak. Um, Such a banger. The other, I mean, we talked about Dev Hines a little earlier too. Like I want to circle back to Flatline, like the MKS comeback oh, single. I mean, that, I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, we'll be. I think we've been waiting for the MKS comeback as long as we've been waiting for the Sky Ferreira comeback at this I point. Know. I know. Um, but at least, like, I mean, sh- the reformed Sugar Babes lineup has dropped. They did an MNEK remix of Run for Cover. Yeah. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they did a live, um, uh, there was like some weird orchestral EDM album where they covered Flowers by Flowers. Sweet, yeah, by yeah. Sweet Female Attitude, one of my yeah. favorite band names. Um, uh- that song is amazing. The it's original so and the original and their version. And are... this um Pain by Pink Panthers, my favorite pop song oh. of 2021, also samples that song. So like I'm, it just I'm loving perfect. I'm loving the like garage moment that's happening. Yeah. Right now. Imagine a Pink Panthers Sugar Babes collab though. 
I mean, like that seems like a good. I mean, I I really miss the era a little bit where Charlie was like resuscitating people's yeah careers a little bit. Like, like we talked some more mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, like we talked um in a really early episode of this podcast with friend of the pod Ford of Boys, we talked about how Charlie working with Uffie was like such a moment yeah with baby girl which is like so good yeah like she should work with like sugar babes she Charlie's talked about how much she loves sugar babes and girls allowed like do that like work with like Nadia O like there are a ton of cool British blog pop people that you can work with like right and she's done so many songs where she works with like four people anyway so it's like let's just work with a girl group like okay you have a song with Clara like let's get Nicola Robertson here too like let's get that get the energy up like and no dig against Clara I like Clara but like I mean I don't know oh that was a tough choice I would I wouldn't that yeah that was tough or that was tough but it would have been tougher if I wasn't like such a diehard yeah and let this be a call to the listeners do your do your homework like please go listen like both sugar babes and girls aloud have excellent greatest hits cds that actually like really encapsulate all the best songs and most of the good b-sides so like go listen you have no excuse not to you will probably find like at least two or three of your new favorite pop songs between those two compilations. Um, Pierce, this was so much fun. I feel like this was like, this is, these were experts coming together (laughs) to talk pop. This was, this was a moment. Um, If you would like to be found on social media, where can you be found? Oh, okay. So I am always off and on Twitter, but you can add me anyway. It's my Spears, like my S Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E, my space Pierce. Um, I like don't use it ever, but mm-hmm. every now and then I'll just like post a random thought. But my last one was about Samantha Mumba and it flopped. So I never yep. came back. Um, <laughs> and I mean, so did she, it was, <laughs> to be fair. No, it was an important thought though. It was that um, I often think about how she never says gotta tell you in the song gotta tell you. Like she never says the words gotta tell you. What does she say in the first line of the chorus? It's um, don't want to love you if you don't love me. Oh my God. Wanna I just like, I'm. So she, she says, don't want to tell you kind of never says gotta tell you in it oh I like totally like Mandela affected that yeah um yeah that's my brain but anyway and my Instagram is just my name Pierce Richter at Instagram awesome (laughs) um you can find me on Twitter at fk pigs with a z on Instagram at Drew Haskins with z's and follow crisis twink at crisis twink pod on all platforms for updates i don't know (laughs) i don't know i never know like what to post on there so if you have any ideas please tell me um and until that bye everyone bye thanks for having me thank you for being here what a treat what a treat